We're going to do things a little bit differently today. Um, the power is going to go off in a couple of minutes. Um, so things are going to be done a little bit differently. You're going to see things that, are, that, that we don't usually do. And all I'm asking at this moment is, can we, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. <laughs> so everybody's clapping. Yeah, so that is good. So that is good. Okay, so um, we are going to be, um, we are busy with the study of the book of Colossians. And Paul writes this letter to a church to help them create a culture where they can grow in their faith. So we decided to take this letter and study it as if Paul was writing it to us as the church, Prodeo. And we're going, okay, let's create the culture that we believe, us here, um, that will help us grow. And so we call this series Family Vibes because we want everyone that comes here to feel like they belong. When someone walks in and they're totally different um, or come from a totally, not, you know, not totally different, but you know, they're a little bit, they come from a different church, they haven't been to church and they walk in here. I want them to step into our culture and it needs to be a culture that is welcoming, a culture that makes them feel like, hey, it's not that weird. It's, it's okay, I can easily be a part of this. And um, today, in order to create that, I've decided, actually we asked a few of our family members to help us continue this series. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to be working through verses 11 to 17. And so... Today with me, we have these three amazing people. Uh, we're calling this the session today the Fab Four. Yes, you can clap, so come on. When, <laughs> something that most of the volunteers know is like, if Milo's standing, don't make eye contact because he's going to ask you to do something. <laughs> and um, if you don't make eye contact, Milo's going to send you a WhatsApp. So what we've done is we decided that to create family vibe, you need to hear from the family as well. So today, we've got the Fab Four doing today's preach. And so uh, we are going to kick it off. I'm going to open up in prayer, and then I'm going to hand over to the very first time, the very first time to Mario. And yeah, come on. Um, and, and, and just a little bit of feedback when Alison and myself first planted the church um, we didn't even we didn't ask anybody or didn't tell anybody that we were going to be moving to Cape Town and I get this message from Mario and he's like I hear you coming to Cape Town I'll be there <laughs> so, so this is really really something amazing that one of the first people that joined the church gets to have his first opportunity to share in front of the family so we're really excited. And then everybody else, there's a massive story behind each and every one of them. So I'm going to ask, will you please encourage them as they swap, as they come up, and as they share what God has laid on their hearts, not Milo. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally them spending time with Jesus, and they're going to come and drop some bombs. So can I um, open up in prayer, and then I'm going to hand over to Mario. So Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that... 
we don't have to worry about anything to step into your presence. And so we come together today as a family, and as we open up your word, I pray that you would speak to us through it, through the vessels that we have here of Mario, Salma, and Salome. Father God, I pray your anointing and your presence over each and every one of us. And may we just be inspired and encouraged by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mario. You, yeah. Hi everyone, how are you guys doing? I'm good, I'm good. For those who don't know me, hi everyone, I'm Mario. And today I'll be, I'm so excited to uh, share a word with the church today. Uh, today I'm trusting for God's word to be spread out like, like, uh, like fire or rain in this case. Uh, today and online when you guys watch this. So if you guys uh, please turn to me your, with, with me your Bibles uh, to Colossians 3 verse 11. I'll spend a few minutes before we get there. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> I got this. Okay, let's focus. Okay, and here we go. Um, verse 3, verse 11 says, Here there's no Gentile, no Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free. But Christ is all and is in all, all. Oh, I love that one. Just to rephrase again, to repeat, um, but Christ is all and is in all. And, you know, this verse made me thought about a few things. You know how we love, okay, gamers, Gamers, anyone? Gamers like, you know, you want Steven Joe thanks a lot. Like, you know, we, we like to play games, you know. There's like different levels where you must like um, go to, but it's, it's like hard, you know. And you like want to give up, like, ah, man, dang, man, it's thrown away. Um, same in works, uh, workspaces. Um, there are different types of levels that you get. You get your entry levels, might be your lowest level. Then you get your highest level, such as managers, etc. Etc. In some cases, society has led us to believe that one job is superior to others. Therefore, one person more deserving of the position within the company. So I ask myself, why would one feel so superior uh, super to others? There are many factors. It might be load shedding. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are many factors, such as you know, years it took for them to climb the ladder. It took years for them to spend years studying. But, you know, in this, in this church, we're like big, big butts. Big butts! <laughs> but in, in God's family, things are, different, are done differently. In, it says in 3 verse 11, it says that, but Christ is all, and all is in all. Which means, you don't, whether you have known Jesus for, um, for like decades, might be a few minutes that you met him, or doesn't matter how many encounters you encountered with him, he is, he is, he is in, in you, he's with you, no matter what you are. Um, no one is less deserving of his love. You matter. No matter your position in, in life, you matter. I matter. We both matter. This church uh, uh, matters. And I thank you. That was amazing. Uh, morning, everybody. For those of you who don't know me yet, I'm Salomi. You should be used to the face already. <laughs> yeah. And this morning, I'll share a bit, um, a word with you about a new uniform that we need to wear. Like Mario said, we all matter. It doesn't matter the position we're in. So we've all found this new identity in Christ. And in that, we need to wear a new uniform. 
So I'm going to read from Colossians 3, verse 12 to 14, and I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds us all together in perfect unity. So we all get dressed on a daily basis. Yes, some days. <laughs> yeah, some days when it looks like this and it's dark, it's a bit more difficult. But in the end, we do get dressed. We consider a lot of things like what's the weather like? What's your mood like? Is there load shedding? Can I iron my shirt? Like there's a few factors we consider. And based on that, we make a conscious decision on what to wear. For a wedding, we dress up. Ladies, we all know we plan those outfits weeks in advance. And then we wear black to a funeral when we mourn the loss of a loved one. Or sports teams get dressed in the colors of their team or the country that they're um, representing. And normally, the um, supporters follow suit. So people, so people tend to read quite a lot into what they see when they see, like what you're wearing like are you dressed professionally are you going to a sports game and like i said what we wear contributes so much to that message that they see during the rugby world cup you could easily identify all the rugby supporters on a friday who wears those springbok jerseys and milo shared a story about two three weeks ago about kids wearing supporter jerseys and you could easily see the team that they're supporting based on the colors of their shirts. So like a sports team and their fans getting dressed in the colors, we should get dressed in the uniform that Paul is writing about so that we can represent Jesus wherever we go and be in their team. So I'm just going to break the, the, down the uniform. He mentions eight components of this uniform that we need to wear daily. So firstly, we have compassion or tender-hearted mercy. So that's a deep gut feeling when you are moved to do something, or that deep sympathy you feel when you see something. Jesus is the greatest example of true compassion. Not only did he give his life, but he treated and he healed people's physical issues as well. He also, sorry, <laughs> Psalm 103 verse 13, it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So we need to resemble that compassion that the Lord has for us. Second component is kindness. Kindness is also one of the fruits of the Spirit, and it's naturally the result of having compassion. Kindness should be a habit, as an everyday, every moment kind of thing, and that makes it intentional. It's, there's, it's easy to say, we're too busy, we're too tired, I have something else to do. But we need to take time and have the patience to show kindness towards one another and other people. Thirdly, we have humility. So humility in a worldly, se worldly sense is easily judged as a weakness. But there's a famous quote from C.S. Lewis that says, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So it's a different explanation of humility is genuine gratitude and a lack of arrogance. And it's having a modest view of oneself. 
So Proverbs 3 verse 5 says that we need to trust in God with all our heart and all our understanding and do not lead on your own understanding. So that is to recognize and have the humility to say that, be humble in it, that I don't know everything and I need to trust God. I need to trust in his plan. Next, we have gentleness. One of the greatest explanations I've heard is that gentleness is strength under control. So it's realizing that you have the power and the strength to change something, but not just going in there and using brute force to get stuff done, but rather getting things done in like a gentle and almost an elegant way. Just stand back and see what happens. Up next is patience. I think we've all heard it, like, don't ask for patience, you're going to get stuck in traffic. <laughs> but part of patience is also steadfastness. To know and show that God is in control, even though things are not going according to plan. We think it's not going according to plan because usually it's our plan and not God's plan. But in that, realize that God is still in control and you can still have God's peace in your heart, even though you don't know really what's going on. Paul writes that we should bear with one another and forgive anyone who offends us. So you will notice like in this, all these aspects are very outward focused. And that's because we all live in community with one another. And here he highlights that, that we live in community and because of our human nature, you won't necessarily get along with everybody you meet. There's someone that's gonna irritate you at work or someone pressing you off the road in traffic, like something's going to irritate you. But Paul says we should bear with one another and also forgive those who offend you. Forgiving doesn't mean that you need to, or you're ignoring the wrongdoing or the injustice. It actually just allows God to heal the, um, sorry, to heal your heart and to heal your pain. Lastly, we have love. Paul says love should cover everything and it binds us all together in unity. In Matthew 22, Jesus says that the greatest command of all is that we must love the Lord with all our hearts, all our being, and all our mind. The second command is followed, and that is that we should love our neighbor like ourselves. So based on this and the, like we all know, God and Jesus is the perfect example of love by sending his only son. But Love should always be that golden thread through everything you do, and it is highlighted here. So to summarize, Paul tells us to clothe ourselves in this aspect. So it's an actionable instruction. You need to do something, and a daily one, because we get dressed daily. It's not a once-off. It's a habit. It's a daily thing. So every morning, we should get dressed in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness so that we can wear the uniform of Christ and represent him wherever we go. If we do this, we, wear, we match our identity that we found in Christ. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, I feel like a professor. <laughs> um, I am Salma, and I must say I'm excited to have this opportunity this morning. 
Okay, the verse I will be sharing on is Colossians 3 verse 15 and it reads as follows. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. So we're all family in Christ. As we read, we are members of one body. And I don't know about you guys, but in my family, it is not all smooth sailing all the time. <laughs> With all the different personalities and characters, we are bound to have clashes. I remember my brother and I would go to the extreme of measuring a piece of chocolate with a ruler if we had to share. <laughs> because his piece can't be bigger than mine and mine can't be bigger than his. There's just no way. <laughs> but that is but a small example. But in real life family, we experience big clashes. Some of them leave us estranged for many years. Others, it, uh, it impacts people um, not even directly involved in the altercation, but it impacts them. And it can bring about chaos and it can be very painful as well. But there is a way to overcome our differences and these clashes. And that is with the peace of Christ. Now, the peace of Christ is not absent of chaos. So it restores, it brings hope, love, and joy. Now, I looked up the meaning of the word peace in the dictionary. So it, it means freedom from the disturbances and tranquility. So for those of us who are moms and uh, parents have kids, knows that this peace is a myth. Ask me, I know. <laughs> But this passage, it speaks of the peace of Christ. So, peace in Hebrew means shalom, which means completeness, soundness, and welfare. So, while I was pondering on these three words, I thought completeness, it speaks to belonging. So, we read we are members of one body, and we are members of Christ, well, the body of Christ. So, that is our place of belonging. And when we find where we belong, we feel complete. The second one is soundness. And that speaks to having a sound mind. So we all know that saying it's all in the mind. <laughs> Easier said than done sometimes. <laughs> but we so easily get lost in our troubles. You know, it stresses us out, leaves us out of sorts and distracted. One very popular one besides the load shedding now <laughs> is the petrol increase. So we're always stressing about it because everything is increasing besides the paycheck. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but if you and I keep our focus on Christ, where our help comes from, we will weather the storms of life and achieve sound minds. <laughs> and lastly, we have wealthy. So wealthy speaks to the overall health and your well-being. So... We read in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Last week we learned what we need to put in and what we need to take out for the Holy Spirit to live freely within us. So in closing... Um, sorry. So in closing, we need to look after ourselves and our bodies, the completeness, our minds, the soundness, and the spirit, your welfare, 
if we look after ourselves and it's all in check, we will then experience the peace of Christ. Wow. Sorry, it will rule in our hearts and it will leave us feeling and being thankful. God bless. How amazing is that? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, like, you guys, thank you so much. They, they did so well. And um, as I just quickly scan over, I know who's preaching next week. Wow, some of those death stairs coming back this way. I will match it. <laughs> so um, let's just continue. Colossians 3, verse 16 to 17. It says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. When I asked um, the guys to help us out with this message, um, they, they asked a lot of questions, like, what are we doing? What is this about? How, how, how do we structure that? And I said, whatever God tells you, say that. And what we normally do is we title all our messages, and today's message is called, You and Me. Because what this passage is telling us is if we want to create the culture, it doesn't just take me, it doesn't just take you. It's all about you and me. Um, I missed the rugby yesterday. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it was a cracker. Hey, Mario. It was a cracker game. <laughs> and... Um, I love supporting the box, uh, but I had an opportunity growing up to play provincial sport as well. And the thing about provincial sport is when you go for trials and you, you try out for the team, one of the things that happens is you play against guys that you normally play against in school. Like, so if you for, play for a certain school, you play against certain people. When you go for trials, you play against them and with them. So you meet your enemies, and you meet people that you've never met before because they play in a different league. So you've got all these people coming together, and after they do the selection process, there is this mixed mash of people that you don't like and that you don't know all under one banner. But the moment you run onto the field, it's not about where you're from, it's about who you represent. And that is what Paul is trying to show us as we go through Colossians 3, verses 11 to 17. Mario showed it beautifully. It's not about who you are and where you come from and what you do. Christ is in all and is all. So Lermi goes, okay, now, not only does it not matter where you come from, but we need to look the same. How do you know someone does CrossFit? They'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, like, you go, um, you, you, how do you know someone's a vegan? They'll tell you. 
How do you know someone's a Jew by the way they dress? A Muslim by the way they dress? There's a whole lot of things that you can learn from people by either them telling you or by how they dress. And Salome comes and tells us, if we want to create this culture, we need to put on something. <laughs> Sorry, I'm working, the, I'm working the room. And um, what Paul says, it's not about anything that you put on, but it's what comes out. It's how you portray. This is the clothes that we wear. And then Salma goes, in all that, there will be trouble. There will be issues. There will be walls. There will be stumbling blocks. But in Christ, there is peace. And so that is why we go, it's about you and me. Because when I fall, I need someone to pick me up. When I do something wrong, I need someone to correct me. When you're going through someone, I want to be there for you. And so Paul goes, if we're going to create this family vibe, family is not just one person that is single. Family is more than one. And here we are. So, verse 17, verse 16, gives us a few things that we need to require. I'm just going to touch on one. It says, number one, we need to spend time in the Word. Because I like how it says that the message of Jesus must dwell in us. And what is that message of Jesus? That is the message of hope, message of grace, a message of love. And we should use that message to teach and admonish people. Now, you can't tell someone to do something if you don't know how to do it as well. No one goes to a bitter person and asks him, tell me how to live a happier life. No one goes to an unfit person and goes, hey, help me become an athlete. We got a few guys that every day do a quick 10 kilometers, but are easy. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's holiday, so I don't want my kids to get lazy, so we decided to take them out to play hockey one day during load shedding. And, you know, I was telling my kids, no, you need to run. So they put a hockey stick in my hand. Oh, my gosh, I died. <laughs> I'm like, you guys. Now, they obviously ran circles around me. It was big circles. <laughs> but this is the thing. We cannot train and teach and correct people from a platform of we doing the same thing. And that is why Paul is saying, may the word of Jesus dwell in us. Because when it dwells in us, it's not about condescending. It's about uplifting. Admonishing means to correct someone. So if they're going in the wrong direction, you help them onto the right path. You don't judge them to get to where you want them to be. And so the first thing that we have to do is we need to spend time in the Word. If you want people to love, love. You love. If you want people, if you want to teach people how to have grace, have grace for people. How many of us who have kids always go, hey, you need grace for us. But can we show grace to them? And then one other thing is if you want people to forgive, like what Salma just said, and um, Salome. You've got to learn to forgive. 
It's not the easiest thing. That's why Jesus says, you know, practice it 77 times 7. That's why I tell you, greet 100 people in the church. We're only like five. It means there is no limit to how much you have to forgive people. So whatever we want to teach people, make sure the word dwells in us. So firstly, spend time in the word. And then as we move over to verse 17, it says, Nike, just do it. I love, it's, it's very interesting, verse 17, because it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. And, and it took me a while to figure this out, because what is word? It's like when you preach, when you read the Bible, no, whatever you say and whatever you do. Um, I had to go and study the word whatever. And in Greek, it says, whatever. Anything that you do, any words you speak, any actions, any, any task, do it in the name of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to give my kid a hiding. In the name of Jesus, <laughs> demon out. No. <laughs> See, it's not about what you do. It's why you do what you do. Who loved doing dishes as a kid? <laughs> Everybody was like, like the skin mark. Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 who loves doing dishes as a grown-up? Um, Six Grieve Street, around any time of the day. <laughs> you guys can. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I asked my kids to do the dishes, you know, just to pack it away once and. Um, I mean, gravity became 10 times heavier. I mean, they even bent over backwards. Like, oh, it's like, no one wants to do dishes. You know, because it's not fun. But Paul says, whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. Why do you do what you do? We have volunteers that come and help us set up. It's not just about doing things. It's, we do it so that people can encounter Jesus. Why do you do moms at home laundry so that my kids don't smell and look like whatever? Do it in the name of Jesus. Wherever you are at work, go, Lord, I'm thankful for what I have at this moment. And may I be a blessing to those that I come in contact with. When someone is arguing with you, love them. Whatever words come out, in the name of Jesus. Season everything with love. See, we can serve and do things, but the question that we need to ask is, why do we do it? Don't ever do things to say, check what I have done. Do things and say, look what the Lord has done. Because we are all products of grace. So, do it with a heart that is grateful and one that says, I get to do this. And watch how it changes the world around you. It's going to take you and me to create the Bible family. Because if just one person does it, it's not going to work.